So tonight we're going to uh, finish our study on the fear of the Lord. Um, this will be our, our last time on, on this topic. And tonight we're going to look at a chapter called um, Eternal Ecstasy. Eternal Ecstasy. And so we've, um, you know, we've talked about the fear of the Lord for, for several weeks now. We've said that we, we see it through, throughout all Scripture and that there are um, these men throughout Scripture that were normally strong and courageous and, and yet in the presence of the Lord, they fell directly on their faces um, and worshiped. It's all the way back to Abraham in Genesis and all the way to uh, John in, in receiving the, the revelation of God at, at Patmos and um, these men who, who fall on their faces in the fear of the Lord. And many of them, we read that they would say something like, you know, we've seen God so surely we're, we will die. And, and just this, this overwhelming um, aspect of, of, of being in the presence of the Lord. But the interesting thing is not only does Scripture talk about people and, and their fear of the Lord, but also, uh, for example, the prophet Nahum wrote, the mountains quake before him, the hills melt, the earth heaves before him, the world and all who dwell in it. Psalm 104 uh, talks about the Lord who looks on the earth and it trembles. And so this idea of all creation uh, trembling before him. And, and David, in the Old Testament, we see he, he brought the ark of the Lord he brought it into Jerusalem, and he wrote this. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And so we see this, the earth and the creation trembling, and, and, and at the same time it rejoices when, when the, the Lord comes to judge the earth. And so this is this right fear of, of the Lord that we've been talking about throughout this study. And we, we know that the, the earth trembles and the earth rejoices at the return of the Lord because it waits for him and it waits for his return. And Paul writes this in Romans 8, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God, and so uh, this idea that that even creation will be set free from this sin's curse when the Lord returns, and we also see um, throughout Scripture that at the return of Christ, and then for all eternity, there will be these these two different fears of the Lord. The believer will have this joyful fear, seeing the Lord as Redeemer, and, and, and it'll be the, the culmination of all the longings uh, of, of the believer's heart, and to, 
to be with him and to worship him and to serve him forever. However, for the non-believer, the, the, the return of the Lord will mean this, this horrible, um, dreadful fear at the coming of the judge of all things. We also see in Scripture that um, these two destinies here, heaven and, and hell, we see that hell is a world of fear. And so a couple of passages here. Um, we read in uh, Revelation, John said th that he saw that there were non-believers who hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains calling to the mountains and rocks, follow on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand. See, in the book of, of Hebrews, it says that uh, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And the prophet Isaiah, in the, in the Old Testament, he wrote, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the godless. Who among us can dwell with the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings? So for non-believers, as we said, it's a, it's a dreadful day when he returns. But the, the author of our study, Dr. Reeves, he writes this. Where hell is the dreadful sewer of all sinful fears, heaven is the paradise of unconfined, maximal, delighted, right fear of the Lord. We just said that, that hell is a, will be a world of fear. We also know that heaven will be a world of fear, but not the same kind of fear. Not this horrific, dreadful, anxious kind of fear, but a, a delighted fear. An awesome fear of the Lord that draws us to him and to worship. We see in the, the Psalms, it says, A God greatly to be feared in the counsel of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him. And it's a reference here to angels that are there around the throne, and, and they, they have this right and good fear of the Lord. They, they worship, and they tremble, and they delight in him. We read later in Revelation that... Um, it was those who, they, they sang, Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. A couple of chapters later, in, in chapter 19, a voice comes from the throne and it says, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him small and great. It's a right fear. Dr. Reeves, he, he writes it this way. To be sure, in heaven there will no longer be anything of which to be afraid. There the children of God will finally be out of reach of all danger. So it's not, a, a, again, a, a fear in which we're afraid. It's a, um, and, and being out of this, this reach of danger, I've, I've often heard... It kind of referred to as the, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but the three P's of sin. It sends power, presence, and, and possibility. 
So as believers, we've already been delivered from sin's power, right? When, when we were born again, we still war against this remaining sin inside of us, but it's no longer master over us. We are not slaves to it. But there's coming a day when we will be delivered from the presence of sin and from the possibility of sin ever again for all eternity. There'll be nothing of which to be afraid. And so therefore, our fear will be rightly aligned. There will be no fear of punishment, nor any trace of any sinful fear of God left in us. We will rejoice to know him as he is, with no distortion, no misunderstanding, and no devilish whispers of doubt. It kind of makes, makes us think of scripture passages like uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Paul writes, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Or 2 Corinthians 3. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And this is talking about our current state of sanctification as we, we grow more and more like the Lord. And one day our sanctification will be complete. And we will see Him and we will be like Him as, as John wrote. We are now God's children, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. We'll see him, and we'll tremble, and we will we'll be in complete awe of him. We'll, we'll be overwhelmed by his glory and his majesty, and we will worship him forever. And... Again, Dr. Reeves, he, he talks about, in, in this chapter, um, something, sometimes in our, our lives, it doesn't happen all the time, but, but maybe you've experienced something like this, where we're, we're worshiping the Lord. A lot of times it happens in private, when we're, we're alone, and, and we're worshiping the Lord, and, and we'll be completely filled with, with this sense of, of the presence of the Lord, and we're just so incredibly grateful for his love and for his salvation and for his forgiveness of our sin and, and we're completely overwhelmed to the the point we're just kind of driven to to our knees and, and to tears and, and and we're just totally caught up in this private worship of him and it's a precious precious experience to have and then to, to just think that that's just an inkling right it's just a just a drop in the ocean. That, that is the smallest little foretaste of, of the fear and the awe and the wonder at the glory of God that we'll experience one day for all eternity. It'll be constant and it'll be eternal. What an incredible thing to, to think of. The um, 18th century theologian and pastor uh, Jonathan Edwards, he he wrote this about our, our, our current ability to display our affections and then uh, what will they will one day be. And he wrote, oftentimes, for want of expression, we're forced to content ourselves with groans that cannot be uttered. And so he takes this from Romans 8, verse 26, where Paul speaks of us not being able to pray as we should. There are times that 
we, we don't know what to say. And the fact that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and, and with groanings that are, that are too deep for words. And sometimes we have to, have to do that now. And he continues, but in heaven, we will have no hindrance. We have no dullness or un unwieldiness, no corruption of heart to fight against divine love and hinder suitable expression. And he continues, we, we shall have no difficulty in expressing all our love. Our souls, which are like a flame of fire with love, shall not be like a fire pin up, but shall be perfectly at liberty. A, a great, unhindered, trembling, awestruck, wonder-filled fear of the Lord forever. And tonight, we uh, author closes with, with this thought. To fear the Lord is to be more alive. It is for our love, joy, and wonder and worship of God to be more acute and affecting. For when we rejoice in God so intensely that we quake and tremble, then are we being most heavenly. And so I hope that the last few weeks, if we've gone over this study, that it has helped you to have this greater understanding of, of what scripture means when it talks about the fear of the Lord and, and fearing the Lord that for believers it, this fear it, it, it's a great affection it's an awe and a wonder and an amazement at, at who God is and what he has done it's a, a fear that pulls us deeper and deeper into a relationship with him not it, it doesn't drive us away it's a fear that, that doesn't seem as a harsh judge, but a loving father who has adopted us as his children, those of us who have been born again. And so tonight, as we close, may we go and live with this even greater right and correct fear of the Lord in our lives each and every day. So let's pray. Father, we again thank you for your word that you have given us, given to us. It is, it is right, it is good, it is without error. Lord, I, I thank you for what it tells us about Lord, that which awaits for us who are believers and, and, and how we can hope. Lord, how we long for that day when our fear of you will be perfected and, and we will be with you. And it will just lead to worship. So, Father, help us as we go to live in light of these truths. And so, Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.